0: I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about who can you trust, who should be your ministers, who should be the governing influence of your life. Uh, This is the idea that uh, Christ was talking about from the beginning. He was talking about uh, uh, this kingdom of God. Uh, There was conflict going on at the time in Jerusalem and in Israel or uh, what had become Israel or Judea at that time which is the remnant of the original Israel Republic that was created years and years before by Moses but over the period of time that uh, that republic became corrupt they started having elections electing a king the voice of the people chose Saul and it went downhill from there uh, even when David got the power that was uh, the power of a king he, he violated many laws. He abused the rights of the people, uh, created all kinds of problems because of the fact that it is not meant that men have such power over their brothers. We should not be electing kings. We should not be electing presidents and prime ministers over us. And if we are doing that, it is a sign that we have rejected God. This was detailed out by Samuel it's been repeated over and over again by the prophets before and after christ that we should be calling no man on earth father but our father in heaven and most people are incapable of living in that way living the way of christ seeking the kingdom and the righteousness of god they are simply incapable of that because they do not believe in god they take god's name they create their religions but they take god's name in vain they are not following the ways of christ and we have many clues to show us that they are not following the ways of christ earlier when we were talking uh we mentioned the fact that the bridge that we are using to transport ourselves through this world and this life the underpinnings are rotting away and are crumbling And the whole bridge is about to collapse. We look at the surface and we say, oh, well, you know, the streets are uh, all paved with concrete, but everything underneath this is rotting away and about to collapse. So we need to change our position. We need to change our thinking down at the fundamental, foundational levels of society. It is not enough to, you know, become a Democrat or a Republican or a Reform Party or a Constitutional Party all these things are a delusion you're not going to change the course of your life or anybody else's life by becoming politically active in a system that is fundamentally flawed it is like painting the bridge again when the bridge is rotten to the core it is rotten to the core because it is fundamentally flawed way back even at the beginning in the constitution as we've talked about before and you can read in the book uh, Covenant's, uh Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, Uh, our CCC series, explains that uh, there were four basic fundamental flaws in the Constitution that knowing human nature would be turned towards evil eventually. God said it. Explain this in detail as to what should be in your constitutions to prevent these things, and they failed to attend to those in the Constitution of the United States. What makes this country great is not great leaders way in the past. It's the leadership in our own hearts now. What is leading us? What is guiding us? This is what makes a difference. Otherwise, you are just trying to, uh, you know, live in vanity based on your, your old laurels of the past. And that doesn't work. It didn't work for Rome. It's not going to work for us today. We need to change as individuals. Those who are willing to change, repent. That's what repentance means, turning around, changing. Need to come together and start forming that government of God that is not in competition with the world. that it actually will help save the world, at least those in it who will enjoy. And uh, it will guide us in the ways of Christ, in the ways of good government, and lead us back away from the temptation that we have been led into. By electing Saul, we tempted him to become a tyrant, and he did. By electing David, we tempted him to becoming a tyrant. And we see this all the way down to Solomon and finally to Rehoboam, who when finally men began to repent. It was too late because Rehoboam wasn't gonna repent. David might have repented, he did. He was a king after God's own heart. Now, the most of the rulers I see throughout the world today, I don't think they're going to repent. I think I see more of the spirit of rail bone. They're not going to let you be free. They're not going to let you choose. Well, the reality is most of you are not willing to let your neighbor choose. That's why you're out there voting, to force your neighbor to do things the way you think they ought to be. Now, I'm not saying all voting is a sin, but I am saying all voting is foolishness because it is not a solution. Now, if you're in the system and you're a voter, go ahead and vote, but do not have the delusion that this will change the course of human nature. Human nature is selfish. The only thing that you can really do that is of value is to become unselfish yourself, repent, change your ways, and find others who are unselfish and come together and begin to set the table of the Lord. You are eating at the table of men who call themselves benefactors who exercise authority. You are getting your benefits from Pharaoh. You have to stop taking your benefits from Pharaoh. Now, many of you can't afford to do that. And the reason why is you haven't set the table of the Lord. There is no other alternative. Christ is that alternative. And it's going to take personal sacrifice on the part of many people in order to return to the ways of righteousness and the ways of the kingdom. We, first, we have to have the humility enough to say we have made a mistake. We are wrong. And then we have to turn around from that error and go another way. So repent. Okay? Now where do we go from here? In Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1, we say, I know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. When you got married, did you ask permission of your parents or did you ask permission of your father and the state? Because that's what's happened. The state has become your father. He has, he has become this, this creature, this corporation of, of the state has become that which you look to. For almost everything, all your needs, you have entered into a system of Corbin that is run by the temples of the world and not the temples of God. Because the Corbin of God is a sacrifice and the Corbin of the world is a sacrifice, but the Corbin of God is free will. Day-to-day choices, judgment on your part, who to give, what to give, how much to give, when to give. It is important to do that because that kind of society is spiritually maturing. The kind of society that forces the contributions of the people creates welfare systems that are spiritually corrupting. They are they bring us into decadence. They bring us, bring us into sloth. They divide us as a people because we are no longer bound together by faith, hope, and charity. We are bound together by force, fear, and violence. This destroys society, eats away at it like a rust, devours men and the widow homes and all of these uh, things that we should be doing the reverse of. You create a society like that, before that you, you, you'll have inheritance tax. you got it. You'll have the draft. You've got it. You'll have a uh, uh, military-industrial complex that uh, makes its instruments of war. You'll have uh, governments that take your sons and daughters. You will have these things and you have them now. You will be under a strong delusion. You'll boast about how great your country is when your country is based on covetousness. It is based on taking away from your neighbor so that you can have what you want because you won't even let your neighbor be free of your own desires You blaspheme God with such a society. It is what you have. And you are now bound in that servitude. Honor that servitude, but turn around and start seeking the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. You cannot just jump out of Egypt. You cannot run to the edge of the desert and flee saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. You have to turn around and change your ways. Are you gonna be one of those who abandon the others? and just set yourself free, and you don't care about others as much as you care about yourself, and therefore you are not having Christ in you. You are not obeying either Moses or Christ, who said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you want to be free before you set your neighbor free? Before you come together and form that table of the Lord, that tabernacle of His house, made of living men and women who've come together and bound themselves by faith, hope, and charity? If that is what you have become, then without natural affection you are, Truth breakers you are, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, pleasure of your own vanity. You may give up many pleasures in this world, but you are still proud and arrogant. And you cause contention amongst the brethren. Having a form of good godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. How would you deny the power thereof? You would say, God destroys, and I build up. The true humble soul will say, God giveth, God taketh away. Blessed be the name of God. These are signs in your own lives that tell us who you are. And we must make a judgment according to the testimony of that life. Are you seeking peace amongst others or contention? Or do you keep your word? Do you say you will do this and not do it? Or do you say you will do this and we know it will be done? Do you make agreements and break them? Then you are a truth breaker. Do you falsely accuse others of things that it ends up they didn't do? And then only to falsely accuse them on another day? Absolutely. Then you are not suitable for the kingdom of heaven. Because it says in verse 6, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And this, of course, was what I see in the bishop that is making the $3 million salary and then he's out there uh, seducing young men and he's got millions and millions of dollars coming in. Who is sending all that money? He has seduced people away because he has a seducing spirit. Because people put him up on a pedestal, and he loves that pedestal, and and they devour their homes. People are actually giving him all kinds of money, sometimes more than they can afford, and he is living like a king. Our king slept in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was the rightful king and heir of the throne of Jerusalem. He was hailed as the highest son of David by all the people. He was instructing people in the royal treasury as to how they could do things, but yet he still slept in the garden of Gethsemane at night. He did not sleep in a palace. At that time, the priests in the royal palaces were the most opulent in the world, but yet he slept in the garden of Gethsemane because he would not rest his head in such a place. He came to serve. As your ministers come to serve, or are they just cooking your goose? Yeah, to serve man. To them, it's a cookbook. They do bite out of your flesh. They do take from you. And and such churches should be taking care of every need of its congregation. They should be the total social welfare of their congregation. Yet that same man who takes millions and millions from the people much for himself, he sends the people to the benefactors who exercise authority when they have a need. He does not take care of them. He leaves them in bondage while he lives a king's life. He should be brought down. He should be exposed. He is false Christianity at its worst. He's not even a good deceiver because he got caught. How many more don't get caught that preach the same type of gospel and deliver the people back into bondage? Bondage on a bridge that that is crumbling before us. The foundations of the world are crumbling. We need to go back to the foundation of God's kingdom, which is Christ, the humble servant, who empowers people to love one another, to take care of one another in real ways, in functioning ways. We are not doing that. We have not been doing that for a 100 years in this country. We have turned to socialism, which is a sin. Charity helps the poor. Socialism makes the poor helpless. It makes us helpless us as a society we need to turn away from that. We cannot vote it out of existence. That is fruitless to think we can. The majority want those benefits. They will not give them up. They will not repent. They will be sorry, but they will not repent. So we talked before about what this thing is of bishop. This is a true saying if a man desire the office of bishop he desireth a good work. What was this bishop? How did the early church operate? Ten families got together. They picked a minister. Ten ministers got together. They picked a minister. That minister they picked was an overseer. He was someone who was sent to make sure that things that ought to be done were done. He helped coordinate 10 ministers, therefore a 100 congregations in their service, one to each other. And the church became the social insurance of the people, based not on premiums, not on forced contributions, but on faith, hope, and charity. We don't do that anymore in the world today as a church. The churches are more interested in their uh, theological doctrines than the actual feeding the sheep. Caring for the sheep and the need. Oh, we don't need to do that. The government does that for us. They did that for us in Egypt. Rome would be glad to have done that for us. Over half of Rome was on the government dole at one point during Augustus Caesar, which was the beginning of Christ. For five hundred years, that's not the way Rome did it. For five hundred years, Rome took care of one another through the network of of the hearths the families, in congregations, in small groups, and that's how they picked their leaders. The best leader of 10 picked another leader, and then those leaders got together they picked another leader until they had the Senate. The Senate did not make laws, but they helped coordinate the whole nation by this communication network that was created by this choice. This was a common form of government, the most common form of government in man's history. But you wouldn't know that going to the schools today because you have not been diligent in your studies. When it says study to show thyself approved, the word there for study is not even the word for study. It is the Greek word for being diligent. You have not been diligent in the ways of the Lord and you need to repent. And you need to help get this message out to the rest of the world because there isn't much time left. You need to help us find the lost sheep, the ones who will hear this message and come together. This retreat was a great retreat. We had men not only representing themselves but representing others who came not only to find the message of the gospel for themselves but to find it for others and take it back to them formation of this network is just beginning but it can grow if you work at the network because that is the good work of a bishop. Help bring people together in the service of one another and therefore in the service of Christ. But that service must be free will. Often people ask me what should we do here? What should we do there? And I says, well this is what you could do, but you must decide. It it became almost comical to some. They laughed about it, the fact that uh, you don't have to preface everything with it's your choice. But so often it has not been prefaced with your choice by the rest of the world. I think it it bears saying more and more. We are here to empower you. One of the interesting things about the formation of the church that people do not understand is there is no board of directors in the church established by Christ. every single ministry is based on an individual stone an individual living stone he is empowered to his ministry we had such a church that we we tried to put together when we were originally forming these documents and we had uh, you know a commission and that was a ministry to help serve the creation of a local ministry because of the nature of the local ministry The minister giving some of his property into there uh we had a commission that had to hold that for a time being until he proved himself because it says here in the instructions that they are to prove themselves you know that's what the minister needs to do so there was a seven year period of proving and while that was going on the minister of that trust that commission was entirely in charge of what was put into his hands No one could tell him what to do with it. They could ask, they could suggest, they could conference with him, but he had the choice and the power. And often his choices were not in accordance with what the uh, the local minister wanted, but he was backed up by the overseer because it was his choice. And then he stepped down and another minister took over. And then it was his choice. And the first minister no longer had any choice. He doesn't go to a board of directors. He doesn't have any choice. The new one is now empowered with those choices. All this time, the overseer has some choice too, but it's very limited. All this time, the minister has choices over how he ministers, how he proves himself to be a worthy minister, how he complies with the original agreement, which are very small, very small amount of duties. But in biblically speaking, there are very many things that he could do. But he has total say-so of what he does. When he decides certain things, then the overseer must decide certain things. Because that is the government. It is expelled out in what we call the guidelines, which we've gone over. And we're going to put that whole series together so that everybody can hear that and download that and understand how those guidelines fit into the scheme of things. Because those guidelines are based on what the early church was doing, which almost no church knows today. I can tell you this. Jesus was not traveling around in a golden chariot. He did not receive a salary of $2 million a year. Though he was rich, he made himself poor that he may be a servant to the people. Yet huge sums of money flowed into the hands of the church. They flowed into the hands of the church for the service of the people because they had to become the entire social welfare of the people because they were cast out of the welfare system of Herod, and they couldn't be a part of the welfare system of Rome without subjecting to this agreement with unbelievers. Today, everybody has made that agreement. They to turn around and return to the ways of Christ. And that's what we're talking about here today on Jesus the kingdom.
1: Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net. Around the world and on satellite. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says,
2: Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from firstamendmentradio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of Church. Order online today at firstamendmentradio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if not you? Have you seen loose change? The most popular documentary in the 911 truth movement. With the coming change in government, now is the time to push for justice and get this truth into the hands of millions of Americans. First Amendment Radio is offering both this change and 911 justice on DVD. We will ship two copies of both videos to you for 10 bucks cash. Yes, two copies. One for you and one for you to give away. You will see and hear Larry Silverstein admit that they decided to pull the building. Why are they not being pursued? The people must know. Just must be now. Two copies of both videos, Loose Change and 911 Justice, for 10 bucks cash. No checks, please. To First Amendment Radio, 139 East to Larry Avenue, to Larry, California, 93274.
0: Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, we're going to start uh, putting together the retreat for next year uh, already. Uh, one of the ways we're going to do this is uh, we've got thousands of pictures that were taken, they even video, and we've been promised that they will be sent to us. I guess some of them are already here. Uh, we're going to go through and try to take some of the better pictures and uh, then start preparing. We hope to have uh, the retreat. we were going to have the retreat at a local campground uh... that was actually adjacent to the property right here uh, it ended up everybody came down and had the uh, retreat at the place where we were at uh... in our field and uh... it's a small little five acre field and uh... they all came down there uh... we did have some extra accommodations we did have a trailer down the road that uh... someone allowed us to use we will do some work for them in return uh, just to uh show our appreciation uh that's the way we work out here a lot of times we just help each other out and uh, because of that people find it easier to help each other out uh, because they know nobody's taking advantage of anybody it's the same way with uh, putting all this retreat together there was no charge to come anybody who wanted to contribute could contribute there was one point there when one uh, minister uh, said that he was going to be cutting firewood uh, up north uh, or a widow, but uh, he was wondering if anybody wanted to help him with uh, gas. Well, he got plenty of money for gas. Uh, people just walked up and started handing him money. Uh, that's very important that uh, we support one another in the ministry the same as it is important that people support us, but that's their choice. Uh, that's always their choice. We work for Christ. Uh, we, we accept what is given us and when it's given it must be given entirely. Uh, So that we remain individual stones, ministers. You cannot hew those stones by saying, okay, I'll give you this, but then you have to do this. Uh, We've had that many, many times, and we've refused that. Uh, We've received a few decently good-sized donations in the past. I mean, good-sized to us. Generally speaking, we do not receive any regular donations. I mean, months go by sometimes we receive no donations. Uh, That makes it kind of difficult, but that's okay if that's the way God is going to place it on your heart, but it's up to you again. That's that choice thing. We leave it to you to decide whether you want to give to us or not or support what we're doing or not. It's completely up to you. Uh, We hope to have the retreat next year on a a piece of ground that is very large. Uh, We took the people out, showed them that ground. We have this year, we can purchase that land. Uh, or the price will go up by ten times, or at least it be about five times anyway or more. Uh, So it would behoove us to purchase it now. Uh, And uh, we are struggling in every way possible to to get the funds to do that. Uh, And then we can expand uh, the retreats. Uh, Not only have one retreat in the year at the Feast of Tabernacles, but we'll have numerous retreats. We will teach. Uh, not only the ways of the kingdom but the ways uh, to uh, survive independently as homesteaders which is a skill we have we will teach all sorts of things uh, to people we are looking for other ministers who want to be a part of the religious order but that's a big step most people are incapable of making that step uh, and it will take a novitiate period in order to learn what that means and we take this very seriously but That being said, that will be up to the choice of each of you who feel the call to serve God in the way that he uh, prescribed his little flock to serve the people and by so doing served God's purposes and Christ's purposes. That was the church. These living stones, uh, depending upon the altars of earth, which is you, in order to do the work that they had to do, that had to be a living operation. It wasn't based on giant uh, treasuries, it was based on the treasury of the heart, uh, faith, hope and charity. And we need to get back to that, so so let's talk about how that early church was constructed, how it operated, how it was uh, functioning in the world but not of the world. Uh, today there are many laws that are changing and I, I sent out a little thing to the contact ministers uh, quoting a law in the state of Oregon about trust that uh, whenever you create a trust and certify it within the state now this wasn't always the law but it's become the law this is part of that eating away at the rights of the individual and so that there are no individuals anymore in in the world all the individuals within the world are now corporate uh pieces of a puzzle and what it is is that any trust created in the world uh, and certified by the world Uh, the trustee or successor trustee from whatever source uh, are including the state. In other words, the state is now a trustee. Uh, And if they don't like what the trustee is doing, they are going to be tantamount to the trustee. They can take over the trust and operate the trust. And a lot of people say, oh, well, that's okay. The state's nice and it's kind and all this stuff. But in hard times, the state will be a little bit more totalitarian. It has to be in order to save its own life, and ultimately that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the spirit of Rehoboam, who would not release the people, would not give them back their freedom even when they requested it. They had given him all the power that he had by uh, straying from the way of God, rejecting the way of God, and electing Saul, and then David, and then Solomon, and then now Rehoboam. Uh, he, the office was created, and now Rehoboam occupied the office. They said, Give us back our freedom, and Rehoboam said, No. That is what you're facing. He doesn't have to give it back. You can say, Oh, what is Rehoboam to us? And you can go off, but there will be a civil war. And that civil war will be a bloody war. And that civil war will bring in foreign troops, and, and he will ally himself with foreign uh, nations, and he will kill you. And you will all go into a worse captivity than another. no, 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 we do not want civil war. We want to return to the ways of Christ. You are in bondage in Egypt, you must return to the ways of Christ, you must set the table of the Lord, you must learn to live by faith, hope and charity. If you cannot do that, forget about the civil war, forget about it. All that will come out of that is a worse tyrant than you have ever seen before. No, we must return to the ways of Christ, the ways of love, the ways of personal sacrifice, one for each other. We need to even love our enemy. That wasn't Jesus' idea. That was God's idea. Jesus didn't come up with that. Moses had already said that. Give water, drink to thy enemy. We are not at war with the world. We are at war with a precept. Of totalitarianism but we are at war on the terms that Christ has given us it is the only salvation it is the only solution it is a war where our love will heap coals on their heads they talk about war uh, today or uh, controlling crowds with these new inventions you need the inventions of Christ you need the inventions of uh, Gideon and his army. You need that power of the Holy Spirit, the power that was in the uh, Ark of the Covenant. And that power does not come to faking Christianity, which is what most churches are doing. We need to turn around and go another way entirely. And the way to start that is to come together in small congregations. And we call them congregations of record because it's essential that you keep records because you, you have to distinguish your congregation from the world. The congregations are not incorporations. They are not uh, unincorporated associations. And they would be unincorporated associations if what you give to your minister is not given up entirely. If anyone is suggesting a board of directors to operate your congregation to give gifts to the minister, then go around and set up a board that tells the minister how to use them, you are talking to somebody who is setting you up for disaster, and you should get away from that individual as quickly as possible, because that individual is setting you up for absolute disaster and devastation. I know that's common amongst many churches to have board of directors. No, 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 no. You cannot have that. You must give your gift to a single minister entirely, and he must choose what to keep and what to pass up to his minister, who is the overseer of that congregation. He is not a ruler over that congregation. He is an overseer for that congregation, and he is there to help see that things that need to be done are done righteously because you are not a single congregation, you are a part of a whole church. So how do you do that? Does everybody get to vote for the bishop? No. No. That isn't the way it works. If you can vote for the bishop, you become an unincorporated association. If you don't give up your gift entirely, you become an unincorporated association. If you create a board of directors, you're probably a corporation. Any of those things dilute the rights of the individual. When it comes to the offering, it must be complete. Yeah, you let go of that. But you never get let go of your right to choose. In all other governments of the world, you let go of your right to choose. That's why the people had to ask Railbone, give us back our freedom." said no. So they said "What does David to us? They lost their inheritance they became outside of the kingdom but Christ came and took the kingdom away from them and gave it to his little flock to bear fruit how do they bear fruit? By ruling over you? No by being servants and the best servant of servants of servants of servants that's not what you have out there almost every bishop you have is appointed from the top down is not elected from the bottom up. And almost every bishop out there, they send you to the benefactors who exercise authority and they keep $2 million salaries for themselves. You know, not everyone out there does that, but you see that process. No, it's a completely different system than what you're seeing representing itself as the church, and you need to turn around and start setting that table of the Lord forming that government of God that does not exercise authority, therefore is not in competition with the world, although the world may be jealous of it, may be envious of it. They may even want to break in and steal from it. But when that happens, we can cry out to the God that we have chosen for ourselves, which is the God of heaven, because we are forming our union according to his ways. They can call out to the gods which they have chosen for themselves, which is clearly not Christ, and we'll see whose God when. But right now, most churches are not aligned with the God of heaven, they're aligned with the gods of the world. And we need to change that. Now who do you trust? You it requires that you make a judgment. Yes. Judge not, but not. In this case, that's why they give you all these instructions on what kind of bishop you're, you should be looking for. Not greedy a filthy lucre. Be patient. Not a brawler. Not covetous. Not given to uh, much wine drinking. Uh, no striker. These are all concepts that we need to understand what that is all about. We need to have mutual affection, one for each other. We need to care about, we're not truce breakers, keeping our word. When we say we're gonna do something, we gotta do it. When we we write down an agreement, oh, we're gonna keep the guidelines. That means we're going. To, the minister's gonna keep records. He's gotta do it. If he doesn't do it, he's a truce breaker because that's what was agreed to. If a person joins an advisory board and he wants to turn it into a board of directors, he's a truce breaker. He is also incontinent. He doesn't stick to the the program. If he threatens, then he is fierce. And if he tries to dilute your freedom, your right to choose in any way whatsoever, he is a despiser of those that are good. if he he accuses you of something to get your attention he's a false accuser and what are we to do with such men traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away and that's why the guidelines were written in the way that they are written is because from such we must turn away we must Withdraw our recognition. The church is based on recognition. Wherever two or more gather together in my name, by two witnesses, two or more witnesses, you establish everything. We do not ordain you. You are ordained of God. But we may bear witness to that ordination if we see it. In order to see it, we must judge it. And what are we looking for? We are looking for a patient men who keep their word, Who do not break their agreements. Are not heady and high-minded false accusers. Now, where are we going to find those kind of guys? Those guys must be saints. Because everywhere you look in society, you find the reverse. But that they are there. We know they are there. There are good men out there who really try to keep their word. Many of them do not understand the kingdom. That is our job to not only talk about the kingdom, but be that kingdom. So those that ministers that were here and those that wish they had been here need to work at becoming those good souls. And we need to rebuke one another. When we see that we're not doing what we say we should be doing, we need to rebuke one another. We need to help one another. We need to encourage one another. Because this is no small task in a world that has gone so far away from the path of Christ. We are in the darkest of days Where the message of the gospel of the kingdom And the righteousness of God Is not preached anywhere on the face of the earth It is There are pockets There are places where this is beginning And that is good And hopefully we will find more souls That are following in the ways of Christ And that is what uh, my prayer is. Is that an unceasing prayer? Absolutely. Is that the prayer that we will be saying of faith? Yes. That is what we need to all be doing in our search for the ways of Christ and the righteousness of God. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Uh, we're not looking for riches and wealth. Adequate to take care of the needs of our family, absolutely. Uh, but we are not going to be living in uh, mansions. We're not going to be tri- traveling around in our private jets. We're not probably even going to have uh, fancy cars. But we may have some of those things, but we need to be men of service, men of humility. And we must be men of good report. If we are not, we should set our our careers aside and go do something else. But if I tarry long, and thou mayest know how thou oughtest, to behave thyself in the house of God which is the church of the living God the pillar and ground of the truth and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit since seen of angels preached in, unto the Gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil, the adversary of Christ. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Well, yes, there was a church that came up and was forbidding its ministers to marry. It actually went about and killed monks who would not put away their wives. Uh, that church became dominant around the turn of the millennium. And, uh, it wasn't nearly as dominant as it would like you to believe in, uh, in the history before that turn of the millennium. But we see a whole change in the world in, in the 900, 1000, 1066, 1090, where these kings rose up, crowned by this church who, uh, forbid men to marry. And, uh, they created a whole new system of religion stamping out to a uh, hundred years of, or, or more of inquisitions, heinous tortures, book burnings, everything else, the true message of the gospel of the kingdom uh, from that church as it morphed farther down the line. Uh, there were some churches that broke away. They broke away from the, uh, from the uh, insufferable corruption of that one church at that time. But they themselves did not return necessarily to the ways of God, and those few that did have been corrupted since, and they become more interested in their own doctrines. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. This was about the refusing to eat meats, and and they they started. This is a precept. If you see it in one area, you'll see it in another, where they say, oh, you can't do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. Before you know it, you, you know, you've got these doctrines, whether they're Lutheran or Methodist or Catholic or whatever it is, that people are all straining to fit into this little mold created by these doctrinal theologians, you know, believing this specific line of doctrine rather than actually being doers of the word. We need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And that's what, what our problem is, is that we are not really doers of the word. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto out hast attained, but refuse profane the old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto goodliness. For boldly exercises profiteth little, but goodliness is profiteth unto all things, having promise of the life, and now is, and of that which is to come. This is the faithful saying of the worthy of all exception. Therefore, we both labor, suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command, eat, and teach. Of all men we are to serve. We are not to make enemies of mankind. If they wish to war against Christ, they may come against us, but we are not going to come against them. We are here to serve all mankind especially the believers, but all mankind. Not to weaken the poor, but to strengthen the poor. Not to weaken the poor in spirit, but to strengthen the poor in spirit. That will require that we rebuke some who fall short of the grace of God, and the ways of God, and the path of God. And that will require our judgment. But our judgment is not to punish, but to encourage. Let God do the punishing. But if we see a minister not doing what he should be doing, we need to have nothing to do with that minister as a minister. As an individual, sure. But now if he is too much a sinner as an individual, then we may not have anything to do with him as an individual. These are choices you must make on a day-to-day basis, coming into a common communion of love for one another. And a love, even for the wicked, a love strong enough to say that this is wicked. You should not be this way. We say that out of love, not out of accusation or that we're better than somebody else. But to point out their weakness in rebuke based on love. So that they know you can change if you let Christ into your life. Many people think they have let Christ in their life, but they have not changed. It is like getting baptized without repentance. Oh, they change in ways, but do they change in all the ways of Christ? There is much more that I'd like to say to you, and and we will try to talk about some of these things. Uh, I I believe there will be some people showing up on talk show. Everybody's trying to get their legs back after uh, the retreat. Uh, until we meet again, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. And please pray unceasingly for the kingdom. Seek it in all your heart and your mind.
1: Amen. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of his Holy Church.
2: Hi